football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter, MD. Denny, how's it going, buddy? MD. I, I'm, I'm happy to have gained that title over the past week. Doctor of it's streaming. Going well, yeah, MD and, yes, MD and streaming, for sure. Um I'm doing even better than usual because I believe, unless I'm mistaken, I came out on top. You did. In our Minshew versus Mason Rudolph uh, battle. I'm just glad that there was nothing really on the line here because I could be sitting here like drinking something bizarre throughout this podcast and, and it would have yeah. sucked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's really good on, on me to have made a deal where nothing was on the line. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Gardner Minshew, I th- like, like we, we talked about before we hit play here uh, or record, I should say. Um, we were saying how Gardner Minshew could have had like a 25 point outing on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, Deed Westbrook dropped that, that easy touchdown yeah. on the fadeaway pass, the, the Farvesque fadeaway. Yeah. DD Westbrook uh, had a really, really rough game. Are we, are we saying DD now or is it? It's DD. Yeah. It is Didi. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I never know. Yeah, he had a, he had a horrific game. Uh, I think Minshew ended up with 17 points, and he should have easily had 25. Yeah, right. I I, I agree with that. And, uh, and on the flip side, Mason Rudolph should have had three points, and he finished with almost 15. So it was uh, unbelievable. The, the Steelers yeah. the Steelers went with the wrap Mason Rudolph in a condom approach. <laughs> which which was really something to see on TV. Yeah, it really, I, really was an interesting uh thing thing to watch. But yeah, the Steelers yeah. Just, I mean they like they didn't want to put they didn't open up the offense for him at all. I think we're going to see something a little bit different against Cincinnati hopefully, but it was really just a not very inspiring performance by that whole Steelers offense. Well, it's amazing he scored you said 15 points, right? Almost. Yeah, it was like 14 and a half. Okay, so 14 and a half fantasy points and he completed exactly two passes that went beyond two yards yeah it's crazy that that's that blows my mind blows my mind uh but the the one thing that i do want to mention about gardner Minshew before we move on to what happened last week um there's a picture that perfectly just describes this podcast yeah it's it's gardner Minshew after the thursday night game talking to the to the uh i guess it's the nfl network crew um they have like the hodgepodge crew but uh yeah He's talking to the crew and he's drinking a smoothie. May- Gardner Minshew, who is your, I mean, yeah. what would you, would you say? He's your favorite player of all time. Uh, um, you know, top, top two. Yeah. I, I would say <laughs> yeah. J- Jared Cook and Minshew. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. So you have your top two player of all time, but he's on team smoothie. He is big time, obviously, on Team Smoothie. Did he have someone bring that to? Obviously, he, he like, ordered it. Like, someone had to go get it for him. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that he's not blending fruit in the locker room after a win on Thursday night. I, I mean, that that's that's amazing. I mean, that means he really wanted it. Like, he was really in the mood for, for a damn smoothie. Look, it's not about people... being in the mood, Denny. It's about a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. 
<laughs> it is a lifestyle which I do not understand and which I don't tolerate. I, That's I, right. You definitely don't tolerate it. I don't. I don't tolerate it. Um, I was getting uh, ads. I was getting stuff in my mentions for for hours and hours and hours after that into like the night because I would logged on in the morning on Friday morning and people were adding me all night, being like, like he's on team uh team smoothie, team smoothie, team smoothie. <laughs> And and I was like I was like so what wait what is he JJ's guy now no he's still he's still mine I I still have the rights to I Gardner love it Minshew. I love it if I wouldn't have gone against Gardner Minshew last week then he would have been my guy oh yeah but but because I went with Mason Rudolph over Minshew then he like I love Gardner Minshew but he can't like you love him more clearly he, he well he's I mean he's fun on a lot of levels I I'm just dreading the inevitable inevitable moment. When Gardner Minshew is canceled viciously for something that he tweeted in like ninth grade, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, and it'll it'll be terrible. It'll be something unspeakable, and <laughs> we're gonna have to never talk about him again. But until then, until then, he's my boy. Let me ask you something that that might. Uh, I need to ask someone who's pretty woke. Um, okay. Do you think that garden the way that people view Gardner Minshew and the way that he presents himself especially with his clothing right do you think that it's that far different than the way that Cam Newton presents himself and the backlash that he gets versus what Gardner Minshew gets oh it's it's very different you're right about that I think that when when people see Minshew they see a throwback to like the seventies, right? Like a like a devil. movie, like what we, we, you'd picture out of a movie of a of a mm-hmm. star football player in the seventies, right? Like the devil may care type personality, where uh, you know he's just strutting off the bus, probably a little hungover, probably just smoked a few cigs, like you know, just just like cool guy, doesn't care what what the public thinks of him. Um, and then I think you know Cam's dress situation which you know I, I don't really understand i don't understand Minshew's either but um uh it, it's it's seen i don't know i feel like the criticism of of cam's clothes is like way more vicious yeah uh then Minshew's like funny it's funny and 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 almost like affable but but this the criticism of cam's stuff is like off the charts mean spirited do, do you think and, do you think it's because Minshew seems to to not take what he's doing seriously and what he's wearing seriously, but Cam's demeanor is that this is a very serious. Th- I, I'm. I mean, you can even watch the All or Nothing with the with the mm-hmm. Panthers, and he talks about his clothing like it's. I mean, it's a it's a huge deal to him, but it's almost like Minshew is like thrift store store shopping, you know? Right. right and right, and it's right. more from like that perspective, but that could also just be like some subconscious like awful yeah. way for me to think. You know, like what? What if? What if Minshew has the same attitude towards what he's wearing and how he's presenting himself as Cam Newton does? Just, just a thought. Just a thought to throw out there. No, it's a good thought. I mean, I think, I think obviously race comes into it a lot, but uh, I mean, I can tell you that the old white dudes I watch football with, they hate Cam Newton literally for no reason oh, at yeah. all. I mean, yeah. I mean, but no, no, none. They can't name a reason, but man, they have strong feelings about that guy. Um, but you're right. You're right. I mean, Cam takes his clothing seriously on like a prince level of seriousness. That's right. That's right. You know? Yeah. Right. And, and so yeah, that it is different there. Um, but I, I don't know if that explains it away. Yeah. 
the people who hate on Cam really, really annoy me. Um, I mean, look, he's I, I, there's been issues with him in the past, but I just want to say, I mean, I, I live locally in in the Charlotte area. He does a mm-hmm. lot in the area, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you had you have you have people talking about how selfish he is on on national TV. It's like get out of here. Like we know oh. we know your agenda, buddy. We know it's, your agenda. it's there's no no reason to think that. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to think that. There's none. Um, all right, so let's look back at what happened last week, uh, week three. We did go to Patreon and talk about Kyle Allen whenever the news broke that Cam was not going to uh, not going to start. We didn't talk about Daniel Jones last week, unfortunately, but we did have Kyle Allen. He came through with a pretty big performance against Arizona, which is a secondary that we're going to want to pick on all season mm-hmm. long, at least until Patrick Peterson's back. Uh, Josh Allen was the main. Oh, Kyle Allen scored twenty four points. Josh Allen, uh, his distant cousin. Um, he scored 18.3 points. So not a bad outing for Josh Allen. He was the main streamer last week. Gardner Minshew was 17.96 points. So he had about 18. Uh, and then unfortunately we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I will say we downgraded Garoppolo, um, because of like the Minka Fitzpatrick thing. And and that actually came to fruition. He picked them off. That's right. So so that was actually a thing. That was, that was hashtag good analysis. So, um, the, so really the main streamer last week was, was Josh Allen, um, and the other guys were kind of grouped together as, as deeper plays, but I'd say overall, not terrible. Uh, yeah, aside I mean, from the Garoppolo, Jimmy G thing. I think, I think we labeled Garoppolo as a deep, as a deep play. Um, and, uh, I, I, I had to use him actually in Scott fishbowl, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely not one of the main guys. Yeah. Um, thankfully, uh, tight end was not great because it's never great. Uh, it's Ugh. tough, tough to be great. Uh, Tyler Eifert just 2.8 points. Noah Fant fumbled, uh, so he lost two points, which are precious two points when we're talking tight end streaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had 4.7. Uh, Gerald Everett disappointed. He had 3.5. I actually used Gerald Everett last. I actually used Noah Fant in a lineup last week. Yeah, uh, Jason Witten, 8.4. He was a safe option. That's kind of what Jason Witten's going to do for the most part all season right. long. Um, so tight end, not very good defense, not bad. Tampa Bay had eight despite giving up a, a good amount of points. San Francisco, uh, seven Pittsburgh was the play last week on, in that game. Um, yeah, because they just kept turning the ball over green Bay though, was our favorite play last week and they ended up scoring 13 points. They were a good, uh, streaming defense against that bad Denver offense. The, the be- yeah. Denver is like the least inspiring team. That, yeah, that no, I, I, you just look at that. They, they don't have a single sack this year. That that's incredible, and their offense is unwatchable. The only thing that's watchable for me in their offense is Philip Lindsay because I have him in a few places, and it's glorious to know that Joe Flacco is not even looking downfield. Like he oh, just yeah. he he drops back. He 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 kind of point, looks down at the ground and then he dumps it off to Lindsay every time. It's great. He's thrown it deep at the lowest rate in the league to start the year, and actually. Avery was playing with the Joe Flacco. I tweeted this picture out, uh-huh. uh, but Avery was playing with the Joe Flacco uh, little figurine <clears throat> thing and dropped it, and his head came off. <laughs> so, so Avery is sick of the air yards profile that Joe Flacco's put together this year. Rest in peace, Joe. Yes. Uh, all right, we're gonna get to streamers. We're gonna have to do this quickly because we have a lot of them this week, and Denny's so gonna do many. most of the talking, guys. Uh, so many. We have yes. a lot. So, Denny, Denny, kick things off. We. I don't know. I think we have one clear cut QB one, I would say top streamer, but we might not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we discuss it and we don't agree, but I'm going to be talking about him, but let's let's, you can kick things off. Cause you're talking about three quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. We have lots of streamers for, for whatever reason. It's just one of those weeks. Uh, we posted them all on the Patreon page uh, just for folks 
who are haters and have not signed up yet. Anyway, we're going to start off with Kyle J. Allen III. Actually, that's not his name. But um, he's playing at Houston. So uh, in, in 57 regular season passes, Kyle Allen has a completion rate of 68.4%, very close to a nice rate, uh, with six touchdowns, no interceptions, and an adjusted yards per attempt of 11.4. All of that is not not terrible. Um, this matchup against Houston is is pretty decent. Only five defenses give up more fantasy production to quarterbacks than Houston. Uh, 84% of the touchdowns scored against Houston through three weeks have come via the pass, and only the Bears, the, only the Bears and Lions have seen more passes attempted against them uh, through the season's first three weeks. Allen, Allen is the, I should say Kyle Allen, because I, I really don't want to get confused with Josh Allen. I feel like that's going to be a thing. Uh, Kyle Allen is out there on every waiver wire in America, except for your waiver wire, because obviously he was drafted in the seventh round in your league. Yes. Uh, I'm pumped about Kyle Allen because I had like a speculative ad with him last week, you know, like with, with uh, the, the cam uh, news being iffy. It was one of those situations, and I'm talking about in super flex leagues, but it was one of those situations where you just felt like something was wrong. Like there was going to be more to this Cam Newton thing than him just being out one week, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. Kyle Allen playing as well as he did just it made probably makes the decision a lot easier for Carolina. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with our top streamer this week. It's Daniel Jones. Um, pretty obvious. I mean, you you have a defense in Washington that's very beatable. We just watched Mitch Trubisky get his first touchdown of the season against them. Uh, all three of them going to Taylor Gabriel. Um, yeah. But he threw three touchdowns. Uh, they they they're just a beatable secondary in general. Um, the game, you know, this slate the the this week doesn't have a lot of high scoring matchups. Um, so this game, depending on where you're looking at, FanDuel Sportsbook has it at a 46.5 point over under, at least it did to open, um, which isn't bad. Um, but the Giants can't stop anyone, mm-hmm. and Washington can't really stop anyone. So <laughs> even though we're looking at Case Keenum and Daniel Jones going up against each other, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the over hit. I, I, I don't think that's a that would be a surprising outcome. Um, but, mm-hmm. but Daniel Jones, as he saw as, as we saw last week, um, you know, he's capable of doing things with his legs. Uh, he, he was able to find the end zone twice as a rusher. Now there's no Saquon Barkley. Some people will say that's a bad thing, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, cause they're going to be more reliant on Daniel Jones. And when they're close to the goal line, they might end up throwing the ball a little bit more, which is great. Uh, so I like Daniel Jones a lot this week. I think he's a, an easy, you know, he's, he's basically probably a fringe fringe QB one ranking wise. Sure. Sure, and uh, it's it's fun to see uh, Giants players be viable in fantasy again. I mean, you, you know, guys like Ingram, uh, uh, St- uh, Sterling, and um, and Golden Tate when he returns next week. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm really. I, I think that this is one of those like really good examples of thinking in range of outcomes for players. Um, look, we we can't we can't dub Daniel Jones a great quarterback yet. Like we have no idea. It's been one game, right? Um, but on, on a late round podcast mailbag episode I did in August, someone asked, or maybe it was ju- in July, someone asked me about Daniel Jones and, and, uh, what that means from the perspective of, uh, you know, if he were to start some of this season, how would that impact the rest of the team? And I, my answer was that we have to be, we have to be realistic and see that, that if Daniel Jones probable outcome was that he was a bad quarterback. Of course, that would hurt these guys. But in his range of outcomes was that 
he could be good. There's an unknown to a lot of these quarterbacks and quarterback evaluation in general. That's part of the reason why I don't really care to do quarterback evaluation. But uh, part of his range of outcomes is that he's going to be really good. And that's sort of... We're, we're, we're seeing him at least look decent so far. And I think mm-hmm. that we can at least confidently say he's an upgrade over Eli. And that's really the, the most important piece there. You're right. That's what I was going to say. He's way, way better than Eli on, on every level, including for fantasy. So yeah. it's yeah, it's all good there. On to the other side of the ball in that game. You just mentioned Case Keenum, who who's in, whose performance on Monday night was inspiring. Um, if you love bad football, uh, I'm I'm sort of surprised. You mentioned the the line here, or the the total. Uh, so Washington's implied total is, sits at 23 points right now, which you know, I mean, it's not enormous, but it's not terrible. No. You know, they're on the road here. Uh, I know the Giants are favored, uh, but the Giants are absolute. You know, they're absolute nightmares against the pass. Uh, they're the only team that's allowed more than a thousand passing yards through three weeks. They allow 10.1 yards per attempt. Only Miami allows a, a, a higher yards per attempt. Uh, constant terrible game script has fueled Keenum's yardage, uh, yardage totals. He's averaged, uh, he has 933 yards through three games. Only uh, Rivers, Mahomes, and Dalton have more. And Keenum is averaging 41.3 attempts per game. I, I don't really see a reason why that would change uh, drastically in this game. Um, and, you know, I, I guess you'd have to be pretty desperate. Um, but I would love to roll out Keenum in a 2QB league or a Superflex this week. Yeah, so I'm actually playing against our pal Tom Everett Scott in a league this week. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I sort of punted. I, I didn't mean to really punt court. It's a Superflex league. I My, my quarterback situation is not great. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, so I have like five quarterbacks that are starters and I'm just kind of rotating and I have to mm-hmm. make a decision because I have Jared Goff who's kind of just my stable piece, but he hasn't been very stable this year, but I have to choose between Kyle Allen and Case Keenum uh-huh. as my QB too. And I'm right now I'm leaning Keenum actually. Yeah, really? Oh man. I, I would think Kyle Allen. Well, part of it, part of it is like a, a hedge uh, on my, for, for my other teams. Cause I have, oh, okay. I have a lot of Kyle Allen everywhere. So it's an easier decision for me to make. But I, I think that's basically for me to say that I, I think that Case Keenum is in a really, really good spot. And I, I still trust him even if he's on the road like this. Yeah, I mean, that yardage-based floor I think is really appealing for Keenum right now. Yeah. Um, so a deeper play at quarterback this week. Some of you are going to roll your eyes whenever you hear this. Um, but I think Marcus Mariota's in play. Um, oh, God. I'm going to throw up. Keanu Neal's out. Uh, of that Atlanta secondary, that's bad news for the secondary and for the defense. The Falcons have allowed two top 12 performances this year to start the season. The one who didn't rank in the top 12, he threw 10, 10 pass attempts. That was Kirk Cousins in week one. Um, Mariota now has 24, 32, and 34 rushing yards in his first three games. So there's some sort of floor there, rushing production. We, we know that that happens with Marcus Mariota, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He hasn't been great, but only... Um, he only has one touchdown over the last two games against better defenses, um, and I think that the game script in this game uh, should be more favorable than what he's seen recently. And that, that's that's from the perspective of uh, it being a faster pace, maybe higher scoring game in general, and not playing Jacksonville. I just think mm-hmm. it's one of the you know it's it's not a bad matchup for him at all, um, and it's one of those situations where a lot of people aren't going to be on Mariota at all because of what mm-hmm. he did and how he looked last week. But I do think yeah. that objectively, if we just look at what we look for in a streaming quarterback, he kind of has it. He, he's in play this week. 
I, I'm not scared of the Atlanta defense at all, so it makes no, sense. No. All right, we got one more our, quarter, one more quarter. We have one more in our in our parade, our clown car of of quarterback streamers this week. The last clown out of the car is Jacoby Brissett, who we should have talked about last week. I I told everybody actually on the Patreon page, I told everyone that that JJ pushed for Brissett uh, to talk about Brissett last week, and I said and I gave him the nah wave. And then on Sunday we were both tilting out of our skulls as he <laughs> yeah. as he torched the uh, Falcons. So anyway, J- good call, JJ. If if only the people it, it could have been exposed to it, 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 it wasn't for me. If you want to you want to know another and look, we we do this every year. We're like there are our fringe guys that we don't talk about on the show because we can only talk about so many people. I've I've wanted to talk about Dawson Knox. Yeah. Yes. It, because he's been running routes for that team. Right, and I didn't last week, and I'm pissed about it. That's just go go on now, go on. <laughs> that would have been a great, fantastic call. Yeah. Would have been, could have been, should have been. Uh, so Brissett, the Colts are taking on the Raiders at home. Uh, although Jacoby Brissett was seen today wearing a run the damn ball hat, which is I, I don't tri- I don't like that culture. Hugely triggering, hugely high T. You know, uh, yeah, by the way, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's the highest T possible. It hat is. It to, is. To, it to is. wear. Uh, but for the quarterback to wear it, I mean, that's that's self hatred. You know, the quarterback should not be allowed to wear it. Agreed. That. Agreed. Yeah, and I also do hate that culture. Yes. Um. So you know, we had to downgrade him for that. But his uh, crazy touchdown rate uh, of ten point six percent scares me a bit, and also the uh, the Colts' lack of um, drives and uh, uh, offensive snaps per game is a little iffy, a little bit on the iffy side. It feels like he's kind of getting by on on touchdowns right now. Uh, Rich Rebar pointed out to JJ and I the other day that the Colts had six possessions on Sunday against the Falcons. The Falcons also had six possessions. Is that is that right? That's yeah, right, it was, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Shocking. Okay, so so that, that that out of the way, this is this fits the the process to a T. Uh, the uh, Colts are heavy home favorites. They have a an implied total of 25.75 points, and only the Dolphins and Giants allow more uh, passing yards per attempt than the Raiders. Brissett is available on 92% of waiver wires. I know, definitely not yours, but he's out there. I would say though, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't go and if he's mm-hmm. banged up, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Brissett. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would be much less excited. Yeah, it would about be. It would be tough. I, I would put him like, are probably below Marcus Mariota. So, so with Hilton, you put him above Mariota. I think maybe on the same level, Hilton. Here, let's just say if Hilton's out, Brissett is the worst of these five. And I mean, who's who's to say Hilton, even if he suits up, is going to be like a like really D.Y. Hilton? Yeah, you know? we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, tight ends, Denny. Why don't you get going with it? Because you have another three that you're going to talk about. I do, I do. They're all over the place. Um, trying to get to the notes. Oh, yes, there we go. So, Vernon Davis. We're going back to that Washington Giants game. If that Washington, Washington Giants game uh, pops, as the kids say, uh, we're going to be in luck here. Yeah, we, uh, we will not be wearing pants on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. no we, we will be pantsless for sure. Uh, Vernon Davis, through three games, has seven, four, and four targets. Uh, the Giants have given up two tight end touchdowns through three weeks, along with 52 yards per game to tight ends. I have it in my notes here. You could definitely do worse. Uh, it's it's not it's actually not a great matchup, but the Giants are giving it up through the air. 
we think this game could go over. Um, and Davis is the starter as long as Jordan Reed is. I don't think that there's any indication that Jordan Reed is going to be back. No, anytime they soon. just said if, I, I saw a report that he's expected back in 2019. So that 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 tells you enough about Jordan Reed's situation. Right, right. Most importantly, uh, Vernon Davis was my classmate. So yeah, we'll right. That's the main reason. I I think the top tight end streamer this week is Will Disley. Um, mm-hmm. we mentioned him one off. Uh, I actually forgot to add him cause we did mention him last week on the show as a deeper play because yeah. he, he hadn't been running many routes in the team. And then all of a sudden Seattle saw themselves in a really negative game script and they threw the ball 50 times and then Will Disley was relevant. So, yeah. but over the last two weeks, he still has seen 15% of Seattle's targets this week. They're in an up-tempo game against Arizona because Arizona likes to run fast. Um, he's also top 15 in routes run, but that's partially because they've been throwing the ball more in the last couple of weeks. Seattle has, but he's been productive. He's 112 yards, three touchdowns. Let's go back to this matchup though. It's a fast paced game and Arizona has been horrific at stopping tight ends to start the mm-hmm. year. They have allowed five touchdowns and 348 receiving yards to tight ends in three games. That's, it's, it's mind blowingly awful. So I think Will will Disley is the top tight end streamer this week. Yeah, it's, it's Disley season. It is. Yeah, yeah. Finally, finally, at long last. People have been hammering me about that guy, by the way. Like, like they're, I mean, people are really, really hungry to play Will Disley. Yeah, you can play him. We give you permission. You could have played him last week, technically, but this week you definitely play him. God, if only if only the Seahawks would do that every week. It'd be amazing. I know. Um, so Demetrius Harris is going to be the starting tight end for the Browns for the foreseeable future. I, I read just before the show that David Njoku is going to have surgery or, or maybe already had surgery. He's going to be out at least seven weeks. Um, so Harris caught the one touchdown, one pass for, for a short touchdown against uh, the Rams the, uh, last week. I know that's not inspiring, but I think we have to kind of view it in the context of the Cleveland offense being a total dumpster fire. Trash. Uh, just just horrific. Just a, just a total nightmare to watch um, in every way. Uh, so, you know, we have to remember that. It, uh, here are some good things about Harris. He played 90% of the team's snaps against the Rams. He ran 27 routes, which was the ninth most among tight ends in week three. And, but on the other hand, this matchup, as I have in my notes, stinks. Uh, they're playing Baltimore. Baltimore has, has allowed just 12 catches to tight ends through three games. Uh, this, but this game does have a decent total, 47, and I really can't imagine the scenario where the Browns are able to, you know, hammer it on the ground against Baltimore. I think they're going to be forced back, forced to drop back and throw quite a bit. Yeah, I think didn't we mention Demetrius Harris last week too? Yeah, we yeah, uh, so, so we had a post. We had a post on Friday afternoon about Kyle Allen and Harris. Okay, yeah. so I'll have to add Harris to the uh, to the sheet. Um, so you have, or no, I have another tight end. Uh, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox, who I talked about earlier. Um, he actually ranks in the top 20 in routes run at tight end this season. Uh, Tyler Croft, you guys remember Tyler Croft because we, yeah, yeah. we, we would stream him periodically. Uh, he's banged up. So I think that that usage for, for Dawson Knox c- could continue. He's now seen 12% of Buffalo's targets in each of his last two games. And this week, Buffalo faces New England, uh, which means a possible negative game script which means potentially more passing for Josh Allen and company. So I think Dawson Knox is a pretty decent streaming option this week. I would, I would put Will Disley number one, um, but yeah. Knox might be number two for me this week. I, I really like how you say possible negative game script. 
Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's gonna be yeah. a negative game script. It's gonna be an ocean of bad game script. Yeah, yeah. Is the game in New England? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, the Patriots don't play away games, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, they, they do have uh, fourteen. Actually, no, it's in Buffalo. Oh wow! Okay, shows, well, my, shows my... how well I know this slate. Uh, there are seven point favorites in Buffalo. So okay, okay, all right. Well. You never, you know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see the silver lining here. Okay, uh, so our last uh, streamer, tight end streamer, is as I teased on Twitter this afternoon, maybe the deepest streaming play in the history. Yes. Of our extremely mediocre podcast, it is Sean. Don't call me Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that literally all day. Uh, Sean Culkin. He plays for the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> and and he plays for the Chargers. And here's the thing: he ran 27 routes last week against Houston. He did. And, you know he got. You know he got one target, and he has glorious long hair. From what I remember, these are the things I know about Sean. Don't call me Macaulay Culkin. Um, but the they're playing the Dolphins. They like say we we um, we don't we didn't make this guy up. Is what I have in my notes. He's real, and you would know that if you grind a game film. Miami has allowed 20 tight end catches through three weeks. That's the fourth most in the league. The Chargers have a 30.5 point implied total. And uh, Miami is allowing an incredible 7.3 yards per play. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It doesn't have to do with tight end. I just was kind of astounded by that. They're giving up 7.3 yards per per play. No one is close. So if you are in a 16-team league and you don't have a tight end rostered, you're going Macaulay Culkin here. By the way, if you go to, to Google right now and you search Sean Culkin R, like you're going to type in reference. I mean, you, you, you do that all the time, right? With like pro football reference. I, I always yeah. oh, just yeah. type in the name and then reference. If you type it in, the first result is Sean Culkin related to Macaulay Culkin. Oh, no way. It's, it's the first, it's the first like, like, relate. you know, the uh, suggested yeah. search. Yeah. That's good. funny. You know what I do? I, I take the player name and I put PFR. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to defense. Um, my top defense this week, Denny's going to go twice in a row. My top defense this week is Pittsburgh. They're owned, I think, in 17% of Yahoo leagues. They have it all this week. They're at home. They're four and a half point favorites, and they're facing an iffy quarterback. Andy Dalton so far has been sacked the sixth most times in football to start the year. Um, and, and the thing that I like about this game is that Cincinnati's been pretty pass heavy in neutral game scripts. And when that's the case, there's more opportunity to get to the quarterback for a sack or a turnover. So I, mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, as we saw last week there, the, the defense isn't really that huge of an issue. They have issues in the secondary a little bit, but I do think that, that Fitzpatrick and like with Fitzpatrick there, it, it definitely helps. Um, I think that they are not a bad group and unit in general, um, there could be some some potential prime time at home against Andy Dalton. Sure. Who, by the way, is looking more and more like a Bengal every day. Yes. I, I just can't yeah, help yeah, but notice yeah. that. Uh, all right. I, I have two defenses. Uh, there's one kind of deeper play. I'm going to start with the non-deeper play, the more mainstream play, if you will. Uh, the Colts against the Raiders. Uh, so the Colts are available in 95% of leagues. I know that they haven't scored more than five fantasy points in a game this season, but nevertheless, we are going to stream them. Uh, Derek Carr, as we have said many times on this good and decent mediocre podcast, Derek Carr is not good in losses. He averages about one interception per game in 48 career losses, 
and Indianapolis is at home and a seven-point favorite. They fit the process. The deeper play is Seattle at Arizona. This is mostly based on Kyler Murray kind of getting, well, first of all, getting sacked a ton and also not being very accurate. He's only completed 61% of his passes through three games. He has three interceptions, three interceptions through three games. And he's been sacked an average of 5.4 times per game. Only the Titans have given up more sacks than the Cardinals. Uh, Seattle is on the road here, which is not really what we want. But they are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cardinals. To recap, the Seahawks, the Colts, the Steelers. Sean, don't call me Macaulay Culkin. Vernon Davis, Demetrius Harris, Dawson Knox, Will Disley, Marcus Mariota, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum, Daniel Jones. It's impressive that on this show, we named a quarter of the NFL this week. It is. And I I, I have to say, JJ, I'm exhausted. Yeah I, I, yeah, I would be too. I mean, you did double the work that I did in there. No, no, it's it's all good. But I mean, that that was that was something. Yeah. Uh, it, usually, you know, we get through this part and we kind of cruise into the questions. I, I need a water break. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, let's go to the questions. So this first one's from at Josh underscore Jenkins five. What's more tilting? When someone leaves four seconds on the microwave and you have to clear it, or when someone goes through a yellow light slow enough that you have to stop at the ensuing red light. I'm going with the latter, and it's not even close. Uh, I don't get the I don't get the yellow light thing. What's going on there? Like when someone the, when someone like actually slows down at a yellow light, and because of that, you get hit by the red light instead of you also going through the yellow light. Oh yeah, you know what? I kind of like um, I like leave my body in that circumstance. <laughs> Because if I stay there in the moment and, and I have to experience the rage that comes with you know seeing that uh, and having to stop when you could have easily, easily made it, uh, then I might I might be on the news for a road rage incident. What, uh, so, yeah. What do you that. think is the most tilting road related thing that happens frequently? I, I think uh, to me. I, like if you're on a highway, that's one thing. Like if you're on a road trip and people are going slow in the left lane of a two lane highway, like that's really tilting. That That's probably number one. But nothing puts me on more tilt than when there's a clear line of of cars trying to make mm-hmm. a left turn at a, at a light. And like it's very obvious that there's a lot of traffic and everyone's waiting and they're waiting. And the person in the front of the line or maybe the next person, they're not they don't realize that, that you have the green arrow and they sit there. And then it cycles through and only like one or two cars go through. Oh, it's, oh. it's just such a selfish thing for these people to do. It is. It is. I have to say the my my biggest pet peeve is when someone who doesn't know how to drive very well tries to weave in and out of oh, traffic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and they have no spatial awareness, no concept yeah. of, of how fast they're going or how fast they should be going. And so they're cutting people off. Uh, you know, in ways that are almost causing accidents, but they think that they're being smooth. Okay, right. and, and and this 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 cuts across you know all ages, genders. You know, you you see this you see this happen where someone, especially in like a hot car, right. is trying to weave, but they don't know anything about how about how to actually do it. I don't have a problem at all, at, by the way, with good drivers weaving in and out of traffic, even if it looks dangerous. If if you're weaving correctly, you're not cutting anybody off. That's okay? right. That's true. That's true. You, you know, if if you're getting if you're if you're bouncing in and out of, of lanes um, at the proper speed and at the proper time, then nobody should be slamming on their brakes, except for if they're just scared, you know, scared shitless, sorry to the kids, about about seeing a car bouncing in and out of lanes. 
anyway, that that's my pet peeve. I feel you. Next question at Big Pumpkin Spice. What? Why does JJ ask Denny to grab milkshakes after the show? Does this mean his smoothie phase is over? I don't, I, I don't even. What, what? When did the milkshake thing start? Um, it, it was very early in the show. I want to say like probably the first like ten episodes. It was yes. And it was um, I, oh man, it was maybe something um. I think it may, maybe had to do with like going like what what's your ideal date like first date or something maybe maybe there's a mil- milkshake two two straw situation milkshake and two straws yeah right you know I'm sure that an LTS truther knows the origin story it's it's crazy that we don't know I mean it's look I don't even know what we said last week no <laughs> you don't remember five years ago I I, I black out every time I do this show so <laughs> next you part. are drunk every time you that's do that's right. So. Uh, next question at Phil underscore Culbertson. What should we do with Todd Gurley? Would you be buying, selling, or holding? Oh man, Jeez. I don't think you can buy him right now. I, I sent this tweet out. And it's going to be on my Ten Trends episode, my my late late round podcast episode that's mm-hmm. dropping tomorrow. Uh, the Rams have targeted their running backs on seven uh, at a seven point seven percent target share. No other team in football has lower than a ten point nine percent target share to their running backs. The Rams, the team that always targets their running backs to Todd Gurley, they're now not doing it. I, I just don't know why you would buy into Todd Gurley right now. He also, he, he can't cut. Uh, did you watch yeah. him against Cleveland? Like, he, he couldn't move laterally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hesitate to make the film take, but but you can't help but see it. Yeah, it's it's rough. So if you if you have him, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if you can get a good return with him. So it's probably just a hold situation. Yeah, who? I mean, who could you get for him? Yeah. You what, could you get David Montgomery for him? I, I don't even think I would want to do that though. Yeah, would you even want to? Right. Uh, next question at Ebrouse. If I throw something to my son, knowing full well there is zero chance he can catch it, am I just throwing things at him to be an ass? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every parent has thrown something at their kid, right? Like, like in a playful way, of course. I mean, some parents don't do it in a playful way, unfortunately, but, but like we have like a, a, like a, a pillow type, like stuffed animals, like square looking thing, like a cube. And I toss it to Avery hoping that she'll catch it. And I know that she's not going to catch it, but then she laughs when it hits her in the face. If it's soft, who cares? That's what I'm saying. Like it's a it's a good way to get them like involved with like oh this is something physical that can hit me in the face. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see any any issue with that. No, I don't think you're being an ass. I mean, you are if you're throwing like a real football. Yeah, yeah if you I get mean, a baseball you know, and just chuck it at your kid, there's something wrong it, there. You're, you're gonna you're gonna uh, break open their nose like Pete Carroll had done to him uh, last week before the game. But uh, yeah, there's a video of me throwing a soft yellow ball to Xavier when he was about a year old. And the thing is just hammering him in the face and he's laughing hysterically. Yeah. Kids, so, kids love that okay. stuff. Uh, next questions from at swerve and Shervin. knowing, knowing what we know now through the first three weeks, how differently would you have approached drafting this year from a roster construction standpoint oh, man, outside geez. of injuries? So I, I would say I wouldn't have drafted any differently because I, faded the early round tight ends and mm-hmm. I pounded running back and wide receiver. And I mostly went with a modified zero RB approach. So a lot of my teams, some of them have Saquon, unfortunately, but I still think that's that process is fine. Some have Camara, some have CMC, some have Dalvin cook as the anchor at RB one, you know, like I, I would probably still approach it the same way with a, a an anchor at running back and then go with a lot of wide receivers. Yeah, I I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. I would go less radical 
zero RB. You know, like in Apex, I think I, I picked seven wide receivers in a row yeah. um, before I picked a running back. Um, that, in hindsight, was, um, you know, not ideal because I'm left now with Austin Eckler and, uh, you know, a desperation play like like one of the Niners backs, you know, at this point. Um, so yeah, I would be, um, less pure about my zero RB approach, obviously, but I faded the early round tight ends and I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. Uh, this next question is from at Charles underscore sword. If you opened a magic can of shredded beef jerky and Booger McFarlane came out granting you the ability to pass one of your traits to your children and prevent one from being passed on, what would they be? I don't want, look, I'm just going to say the one that I don't want to get passed on. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like saying positive things about ourselves. It's not as fun. I don't want my kid to have the ability to, to recognize and remember nineties commercial jingles. (laughs) You don't want that. No, it's the worst thing in the, I wasted so much of my brain remembering that stuff. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I think, I think it's just a curse. Oh really, man? Yeah, I, I, man, I didn't know you felt you felt so strongly. Dude, I, um, and I, I remember every jingle. I remember chorus songs from my fourth and fifth grade chorus plays, like the mm. the plays that we put together. Like it's it's my my brain isn't normal, and I hate that. <laughs> Whose brain is normal though? I think I think you're. I think we you're all fine. have like some things that we just remember more. Those that's my thing. Anything yeah. music related. I hope that my kids inherit correct opinions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the. <laughs> That's 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 pretty much what I what I have here as far as what I want my kids to take away from from me genetically, you know. Um, hey, can I can I have some uh, introduce some Facebook questions from the LTS Facebook yeah, sure, page? Yeah, sure. All right. So yeah, and apologies to the Facebook folks. I forgot to uh, add your questions to last week's show, and I'm, I'm I feel really bad about it. But at the top of my notes today, I have in all caps. Remember Facebook questions with eleven <laughs> exclamation po- uh, points after it. All right, so just to just to start this off real quick, a lot of the questions everywhere, Patreon, Facebook, everywhere are: Are we playing Josh Allen over the streamers this week? And I'm str- I struggle with this one. I'm because... going. I'm, I'm I'm taking a stand. I'm going Daniel Jones over Josh Allen. Okay. See, I I think that that's actually really reasonable. I think that. I would I might play Kyle Allen as well. Okay. Oh over him. But I I also if I feel like if you're in a league like a fourteen teamer and you have Josh Allen, I feel like riding it out might not be the worst. I mean he does have he still has that rushing upside and he's gonna have to drop back a lot probably against New England. Yeah, yeah. I mean and yeah, I don't think that's a terrible take. I mean he's eventually gonna get he gets Tennessee after New England, which is okay. Yeah. And then he gets Miami and Philly and, and Washington and then the oh. Browns. So he has four. I mean, I, I didn't even look further down yeah. the, down the schedule. And then the Dolphins again. Yeah. So he has, oh. he has like six great matchups in a row. I'd probably try to hold on to Josh Allen, but I would still play Daniel Jones over Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. So I will address that on the Patreon page, but that, that came up a lot. Uh, there was uh, someone who asked me how my three-year-old daughter feels about Brexit you know, being a, uh, her, her being a huge Peppa Pig fan and speaking in, in British phrases now, even, even the accent actually, even the accent. Um, and, uh, uh, I believe her words exactly were uh, Brexit is the big, biggest lib ownage in, in history, right, right. uh, in, in the history of, of civilization. So, uh, that, that's her take on that. 
do a couple more here. Um, Tim Berrigan says, uh, what's the higher T move? <laughs> zero running back, zero family. <laughs> <laughs> zero running back or zero family after they've left because you've tilted so far away. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, zero RB, I, maybe... Maybe I'm missing the joke here, but zero RB is inherently very low T. I think that um, is a low T move. I think the high T move is probably the the zero wide receiver approach. Yeah, no, yeah, robust running back is 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 hugely high T. I mean, testosterone is just like leaking out of your pores at that at that right, point. Right. Um. Yeah. Lots of Josh Allen questions. Wow. Wow. Um. All right. I think that's it for Facebook. And we. Oh, one more. Matthew Cohen. Matthew Cohen. As since this is a poop podcast, which it is, we won't deny it. Should you put the bathroom fan on while you're pooping, or should you turn it on afterward when you're exiting the bathroom? I I say, put that thing on immediately. Yeah, immediately. You you because you can you can then poop in peace. You you get the white noise effect, and you you know if yeah. there's if you are going and you just let one loose and it's super loud, at least you know that that. That kind of uh, lessens the blow, if you will. Whenever, when the when the fans on, look. Sometimes, sometimes you get down on the toilet and you don't realize how loud the fart is going to be. <laughs> you just don't always realize. You're right. You're right about that. Sometimes I, you're I like, wanna... oh, this is gonna just be like a silent but really nasty smelling poop, and then sometimes you just sit down and it just is this loud thunderous fart, and you had no idea that it was coming. <laughs> None, and you have no way of knowing. And you have no way um, of knowing. So our, we have an we have an upstairs. We have a bathroom on our main level that's like really close to where we sit and watch TV. Mm. So when we have people over, Ooh, and that's rough. They go they go in there and they do their business. I mean, it's really hard to pretend it's not happening because they don't. If you don't turn the fan on, what I'm saying is, if you don't turn the fan on in that bathroom. We can hear everything. It's as if you're sitting on the toilet right next to me, like on the couch. If is it, it's as if the the couch has a toilet seat on it, and you're on it, and I can hear I can hear it that well. So the the fan is critical for blocking out that noise. So you just let everyone know that you're friends with psychopaths because they're pooping at night. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens a lot actually. And a lot, it, look, if you're a night pooper, I don't think we can be friends. <laughs> it is actually I I always get kind of freaked out when it, on the rare and the very rare occasion where it happens to me. Yeah, it's a I'm very like, very uncomfortable feeling. I'm like, oh, am I sick? I'm sick. I'm <laughs> sick. <laughs> Take me to the hospital. This is not yeah. normal. Yeah, right. I'm I'm this. You know, this is a disaster. I, this is way out of my routine. Yeah, I can't handle it. Uh, we'll go back to to Twitter now. This is a fantasy question at FF Take Machine. How strong of a buy is Carry On Johnson? Oh. My I mean, worry, my worry with Johnson is he's not seeing a lot of work in the receiving game. Right, right. That's the, I, that's the main concern with Carry On right now. I think otherwise everything is pretty much there because he's seeing goal line work now. Tough matchup against Philly, so you can push aside the rushing production. But it's really the receiving production that I'm scared about. I I think you you have to have a lot of faith. I think in his in his like in his production going forward on his ground production. Because, uh, like you said, he's just not seeing those a lot of tar- targets. So, I don't know if I would buy him right now. Yeah, I think he's more of a hold. Uh, next one at number one, Punna. What's the best way to wave? 
like a Forrest Gump goofy wave, a car washing wave, or the queen wave, or other? I mean, not the queen, unless... No, it's, it's 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 a car washing... Wait, what is a car washing wave? Yeah, I think like this. Okay. I think back and forth. Yeah, yeah, forth. that that's that's how you well I, I think I actually I think I, I my my arm remains in the same position and I just wiggle my wrist back and forth. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's right. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a little gesture. Yeah. Um, yeah, like hold up your hand, like hold up your hand in the air. Everyone do this who's listening. And now just kinda move your wrists to the left and right a little bit. It may be a little bit up and down and it's just a little bit of hand movement. I guess, you know what? I guess I actually do the dumb Forrest Gump uh, wave because I naturally just want to put my hand up and not do anything. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's my move. Oh man. I love it. Avery has been waving and it's like the cutest thing in the world when little babies do it. Cause that oh. like you, you see her, her palm and then the back of her hand and then her palm, yeah. you know, like it's just like a full, full blown. This is what I'm supposed to do right now. It's the best when kids use their fingers only. Like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, exactly. they wave with their fingers flapping up and down. Yeah. Next question at Diddy Mus. Other than your wives, who really wants to hear about your fantasy teams? Other than my what? Are you kidding me? If I if I, she would literally leave me if I talked to her about my fantasy. Teams. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the truth for all wives, right? Um, um but dude, I, look, I, some some people on Twitter and on my pot my. Like I get feedback with the late round podcast. They're like, we want to know like what's going on with your team so that we can like listen to the process and how you're thinking about your team and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think people really care. No, no, there, there are people who, who care about, who care about your team. They don't care about my team, but they definitely care about your team. It's bizarre. Um, it is bizarre. I, I, yeah, I just, I really hesitate to like post anything about my team unless it's like, unless it's like self deprecating and like I got owned brutally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In, in a given week that then I'll post about it. But, you know, I'm definitely not going to talk about the fact that I almost put up 300 points in Scott Fishbowl. I'm not going to I'm Boom. not going to mention it. Boom. I'm not going to mention it. I had a I had a game. So I'm in the uh, in the Osimo charity league um, and I started 0 and 2. I'm, I have no uh, um, winless teams anymore. Everyone mm-hmm. just just an FYI. Every team is at least one win. But mm-hmm. I had an 0 and 2 team that was fine on paper. And I was going up against Evan Silva, who was also 0-2 in that league. And his team is good, too. It was not even like... I mean, it's just... it's That's how fantasy football works. This week, this week, I had Mike Evans, oh. Tyler Lockett, Greg Olson, and Alvin Kamara in the same in the same lineup. Good God. It was the greatest. I scored in a regular PPR lineup, like a 1-2-3, a, 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 a one, one flex, one tight end, one defense, and nothing else. I put up like 212 points or something like that. Why would you do that to Evan? That, I know, and friend. I love Evan too. I love that's Evan. Your friend. I know, he's my buddy. It sucked, but it was. It also felt really good. Uh, next question. <laughs> At the Fantasy MDs. Talk me out of dropping Duke Johnson. He's done nothing and, and mm. appears to be a jag. I have Hyde too. I think Hyde is the better play, but all analysts had Duke as a breakout player. Some help here, fellas. Yeah, look, you know, at some point, when Duke Johnson isn't a lead back team after team and regime after regime, maybe Duke Johnson isn't very good. I think that that's what we're getting at here. Like, know? like I just, I don't understand take lock. I, I really, it has to be exhausting to have take lock it, oh, oh, oh. to constantly defend these takes when new information arises. It, it doesn't make any sense. Number one, but it just has to be impossible and exhausting. Yeah. The energy that it takes to say, over and over and over again this this player just needs one more chance 
oh, oh, but you didn't consider these five factors. And in it wasn't fair that you judged him, you know, with this and this happening. And the left the left guard had an ankle injury that day. And, you know, I mean, just like constant, constant excuse making. Yeah. Um, I, I Listen, I have Duke Johnson on a, on a few teams. It sucks. Like, it's really terrible. Uh, but I've I've come to the conclusion that uh, Carlos Hyde is the play. And that you can't really play Duke Johnson unless you're in a league with like 15 flex spots right now. I don't think I have Duke Johnson this year. Damn, you are so lucky. I was so excited about getting that. Yeah, no, I, I look, got... it wasn't even, it wasn't, it's the same thing. Same way with James Conner. I wanted James Conner this year. I didn't end up with James Conner this year. It's a completely yeah. luck driven, like that is completely lucky. That aspect. Yeah. I, I got him in auction. I got Duke Johnson in auction only because I felt like his price was, yeah, was not was not in line with the volume that he would have. It turns out the volume that he would have was zero. So you know his price he was overpriced. I think the issue, <laughs> yeah, I think the the issue with Houston too is just like they like with Kenny Stills there. It also yeah. just like ruins the target shares for so many of their wideouts outside of of Hopkins. By the way, Hyde has no upside. No, yeah. I, I don't even. I don't want any yeah. of those players on my either of those players on my team. Yeah. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I don't. And they they had C.J. Anderson to work out for them today. Uh, he's not yeah. going to sign with them. But like, what what does that tell you? Right. So so Hyde Hyde's the guy who, if he gets twenty carries, he's going to score eight. He's going to score eight to nine fantasy points for you. <laughs> you know. Next question, at Keith Silf, starting a job soon where I will be working from home. Welcome to the club. All right. Any tips other than frequent lunches at the grocery store and hanging out at bars during the day drinking club soda? That's funny, man. You guys remember everything. You guys man. do. Uh, look, the the tip is to try to get out at least once a day just to, to be free and to free yourself from being... Today, I actually didn't leave the house, which is... Actually, no, yesterday I didn't leave the house. Today, I did. Uh, but don't don't just just get into a routine where you're able to leave a little bit and break up the day that's that's the big advice yeah definitely i i think and also my my tip this is something that i didn't really um know about when i first started working at home but uh do not try not to mix your relaxation area of the house with your with yes. your work area of the house yes. so like create a physical separation between between where your mind is is thinking about work and doing work and where you are relaxing whether it's watching tv or reading a book or sleeping definitely never ever bring your work into the bedroom uh even even if you want desperately want to lay there with your laptop and work don't do it get out of there you do not want to mix the uh the relaxation of the bedroom with the potential stress of work. Yeah. Look, when I, when I first started my job at number fire, I was, I was young, right? I was only like 24. Um, and my wife and I, we weren't even married then we were living in Cincinnati and we had, uh, like a condo that we were renting and mm -hmm. it, it was like a first floor, like kitchen, living room combo area. And then there was like a loft up, you know, like a, a stairs to the bedroom upstairs. And then you had like a closet and stuff. So it was a smaller place, but my desk was in the living room because it was, you know, it's not a large place, probably like a thousand square feet or something, or 1100 right. square feet. And so I would literally just work during the day. And this is during the startup days of number fire when we worked mm -hmm. a lot and I would just work all day and literally just spin my chair around. And I was just in the living room, like watching TV at night. And that, right. that makes any human go insane. Yes. Yes. You, you, you uh, separating as much as possible. Not, you know, not everybody has that luxury to have a huge separation, sure. but some separation is really, really key. I, I, I got, I got messed up with, with all that, um, 
oh, you know, working, like taking my laptop to every room in the house to yes. work. It, it just, just find a, find a spot and go with it. Yes. Agreed. Uh, next question at TTE 720. Since you guys never answer my fantasy football questions, here's a poop related question. Are bidets <laughs> the equivalent of zero RB? TP must be for high T only. Oh yeah. No, but uh, a bidet is extremely low T. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. But also luxurious and great. I would love to have a bidet in my house. Yeah, I would of course. Love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I when when I make my first million, I'm that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get three bidets. Uh, next question. Uh, this might be one of our. Oh, no, we have we can do a couple more. Uh, this is from at Justin White VA. When you were using a busy one toilet public restroom with a line behind you, oh. and the person before you treated the toilet seat like a canvas for yellow urine, mm. do you a clean it for the next person or B leave as is and let the next in line assume you are a savage with the aim of a toddler. <laughs> that is a tough call. If, if it's a place where I can remain anonymous, there's no way I'm cleaning it up. Right, right. I, I agree with that. But I will also say that I uh, succumb to the pressure often and I will clean it because I don't oh. want the next person in line to think that I'm peeing all over the seat. I mean, you know, the the third option, and the, I, I wish this were a real option, is tracking down the last person and punching them right in the face. <laughs> you know that that that's that seems like the best best way to go. And that oh man, here's here's a good one. This is from at uh, Tummage. Ever been late for anything due to due to need for a poop? If so, have you admitted why you were late? Note, poop <laughs> no. section of the pod should definitely be entitled "Establishing the Runs." Oh man, that's good. That's good. Look, I'm gonna have I already told you the story of the uh, of the uh, anniversary dinner that I had with Amanda once. I don't think so. Oh man, this is this is one where I can't believe I'm telling it to the to the people to all these people who are listening to the show. Wow. Okay. We went we went anniversary dinner steakhouse. Like we were we were living in Cincinnati, and it was great dinner. All of that, and it was a valet. So I give the keys to the valet guy after we were done and we were waiting outside and I just got the urge to, to go number two, right? Mm-hmm. But as that happened, the car was pulling up and I'm like, okay, I can't just go and just leave the car here because we're downtown Cincinnati right now. Oh, man. So I hop in and I'm driving and luckily we lived right across the river, the the Ohio River, and um, we were only like 10 minutes away or so, like less mm-hmm. than even. Um, okay. But, but, you know, you, there's not like a direct route to where we lived. It got to the point where I had to go so bad that I just put on my hazard flashers and just was going through red lights trying to get back. Oh, wow. And I, wow. I made it back and I did my business and that, that was that. That would that I'm, I mean, I'm glad you got there. And I yeah. mean, that, that, that's, that is an emergency. Holy it was, God. it was one of those, like, I was not going to poop my pants, but it, it was that. Look, when you eat a giant steak and you have like dessert with it and stuff, I mean, that kind of stuff can happen. It just pushes you, everything out. You got to do what you got to do in in that in that moment and you have to make a decision and if a cop if a cop pulled you over, I would no, look the, look, if if a cop was trying to pull me over, I would not pull over until I got to my apartment. You would de- you would definitely not do that because then you would be evading the police no. and you would you would be in. Nope. You go to jail. No, I would have to. I would go to my house and I would run inside. <laughs> the cop would be running after me, and I would just scream back at him. I have to poop. <laughs> he, well, you know what? He'll say there are some nice toilets in the in the jail downtown. 
that's where we're going. You can use them there. And and you know what? You would use them and you'd be relieved. And and you would spend the night in jail for sure. <laughs> All right. We'll do one more question. Okay. All right. This is a weird one. Let's just let's just do the weird one. This is from at the Great Dane eighty five. Is farting on airplanes okay if there are nobody sitting next to you? I'm personally not able to smell anything while flying. What? Are is you, that a thing? I, do you? Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. That's definitely not a thing. It definitely lingers much longer. Yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like that's the case as well. That it that it sits there. If someone like I've smelled, I've smelled bad smells on airplanes before. This is this is pro farting propaganda, and I won't. I, won't have it. <laughs> I think I agree with you. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would avoid um, fart. Just go to the bathroom. Not only that, oh. who who hasn't smelled the bathroom in a in an on an airplane? Like it clearly, you can smell things on an airplane. I don't know, dude. I don't know if I'm getting up to go to the bathroom. Honestly, if I if I if I have to, if you have to fart, if if I have to fart, no, no. I mean, look, you don't get up to go to the bathroom. I'm just saying, like, if you want to really avoid the situation, you can always do something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. If you really are thinking, thinking in that direction, like, oh, I cannot let this out into the right. world right now. Right. Then yeah, like I guess I guess hold it as much as you can and go. <laughs> Just, what, is, what is what is this podcast, by the way? An awful, is, we, awful show. We talk exclusively about bodily functions, <laughs> the grossest stuff possible. I mean, it is. This is a a, a child's podcast Look, at, at this point. We just we, this is the poop cast. I wanna I wanna task everyone listening to this right now for next week's show. Bring fire questions that don't have to do with poop. I'm, that'd be fine. I'd be cool with that. I, I I don't mind the poop questions, but wow, it's really heavy this year. Really heavy. Look, I, I like I like the etiquette questions. I think the etiquette questions are are relatable. But I think that etiquette questions don't have to solely be poop related and bathroom related. Uh, questions about our childhood are always welcomed and good. And our questions about our everyday lives are, are not terrible. Uh, but uh, you know, you know who talks about poop constantly? My six year old son. That's who Right. he talked that, you know, so that I think we're on that level at this point. My, my wife just sent me a text while we're recording this of just the poop emoji. So she's clearly hearing this show through the through the office doors and us talking about poop. Oh my god! Can someone can someone use the poop emoji and like make a living the stream logo? Yeah, that would be good. I actually I have the layered file for any uh, any designers out there who want to mess with it. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, Denny, that's gonna do it for today's show. Where can everyone find you? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter. My kicker column is up on the Patreon page. Lots of good options this week on the kicker front for those who are into it. And I will have the Thursday podcast, uh, coincidentally this Thursday. I can be found on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast, but also my other podcast, the late round podcast. I'll have a show dropping tomorrow, a few more this week. Uh, otherwise, Denny, you want to go get some milkshakes? Yes. Let's and we have do a it. tilt montage too. We do have. Yes. And I, I hope the, the folks enjoy it as per the usual. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. One fifty-seven p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone. And I've discovered 
one downside of uh, really truly being committed to zero RB uh, besides the incredibly low levels of testosterone that come with it uh, is that even when you can start up to four wide receivers in a given week you're often left with very uh, difficult choices at the wide receiver spot this sometimes leads to say I don't know just for an in instance um, benching Adam Thielen when he has not one but two touchdowns in the first quarter benching him for Larry Fitzgerald so that is that is one downside no regrets, obviously. No regrets. T-levels are bottoming out, though. I'm tilting. 2.01 Eastern Time, and Demarcus Robinson just made an incredible one-handed catch in the back corner of the end zone against the Ravens for a touchdown, 18-yard touchdown. It feels like just watching Patrick Mahomes become, obviously, the greatest quarterback of all time and it's not close, it feels like Mahomes is making it so that wide receivers don't matter in the same way that running backs don't matter. You know, it, any uh, replacement level running back can really excel on a team that's constantly winning, constantly has game script in their favor, uh, and we're seeing Demarcus Robinson, who is nobody, emerge as an elite fantasy option in in place of uh, Tyree Hill, or while while Hill is out, whatever. And so Mahomes, while I love watching him, I mean he's the most exciting player to watch in the league, obviously. <laughs> but he's really he's putting me on tilt. Because he's making it so that receivers don't matter. Literally any receiver can go for 100 yards and two touchdowns if Mahomes is throwing it. How tilting. I saw today maybe the worst adjust your ranks situation uh, in my, I don't know, 12 years of playing fantasy football. There goes McCall Hardman for a 400-yard touchdown. Wide receivers don't matter. Anyway, here's, here's the thing. In warm-ups, uh, the beat reporter for Kansas City tweeted that uh, Daryl Williams, who is a guy on the Chiefs, was taking what he called first-team carries with the, with the team before the game. And McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, was second in line. And then the ghost of Darwin Thompson. So... The adjustment obviously was on, and, I, and I'm pretty sure people adjusted their ranks hard and either took McCoy out for somebody else or just put Daryl Williams in for McCoy. And now McCoy has 12 PPR points with three minutes to go in the first half. So, feels like one of those situations where it might be best to uh, tune out, uh, to not gather as much information as possible. It actually, I mean, it is it is actually a thing where uh, 
if a if the human brain gathers too much information, then the quality of decision making plummets. Like this has been tested and measured over time, and it's an actual thing. So feels like that's what happened here. Did I think about it? I did. I did. I'm tilting. 2.34 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I want to note quickly that uh, JJ and I had a, a vigorous discussion on Wednesday morning, so this is after the, the regular Tuesday podcast, about adding Jacoby Brissett to the list of QB streamers for week three. And JJ wanted to, and I pushed back. And somehow, for some reason, I guess I, I won that that thing between us, and we did not include Brissett. And of course, naturally, naturally, JJ was on to something, and Brissett is going wild at the moment. Uh, it's extremely tilting. I'm sure it's even more tilting for JJ. Um, goes to show that uh, JJ should have replaced me in 2015. It's uh, 3.11 in the Eastern Time Zone. Hey, Eleanor, what are we watching? Um, football. And what do you want to watch? Um, Peppa. You want to watch, what, what is it? Peppa. You want to watch Peppa Pig? Why do you like Peppa Pig? I can fart so much. You fart so much? Okay. <laughs> I'm tilting. 3.44 in the Eastern Time Zone in uh, uh, Dallas Goddard. The backup tight end for Philadelphia just dropped. Had one of the worst drops you'll ever see. Like the most basic drop possible. And I just thought of all the folks who, uh, you know, drafted him on best ball teams in like the 10th round and how devastating that must be for them. And I also just wanted to take a moment to say, couldn't be me. Just couldn't. 3.56 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone and we now have... Extremely high T guys on Twitter uh, complaining that Dalvin Cook was unfortunate today. He ended with like 28 fantasy points and he was deeply unfortunate. I I understand what they're saying, but I'm also being cha- chainsawed to death by Dalvin Cook in every league. Um, so I, I have no I have no sympathy for the unluckiness there. I am tilting. Just want to note that I had Tony Pollard in a couple fan duel lineups for this week. He's uh, now over 100 yards and has a touchdown against the hapless Dolphins defense. Um, it just so happens that I also have Antonio Brown in that lineup and I did not replace him. So. My life is uh, more or less over. By the way, and I'm sure that you've seen this if you're watching football today and suffering uh, tremendously because obviously life is suffering. But 
But uh, Bill Belichick pulled Tom Brady once New England, New England got out to a huge lead against the Jets. The backup, whatever his name was, came in, promptly threw a pick six, and was yanked in favor of Thomas Q. Brady the eighth in the ultimate lib ownage move, high T move by Bill Belichick. It's so high T that I'm no longer considered low T after just witnessing it. Incredible. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football.